A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to, and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Welcome to the Holocron Chronicles. This is episode 15. 15 episodes already. That seems... When I was looking today, I, I, I was just like... I didn't know what episode we were, and I was guessing like 13, 14, but I knew we did lucky number 13, but 15 just, it, it seems like we're hitting a good stride. And uh, of course, I'm, I'm joined, as always, by my my trusty co-pilot, Charlie Carden. How you doing, Charlie? What's going on? I'm good, man. Cold snap here in Michigan. Boo! It Don't like that at the end of June. It is a heat wave up here on the island. It's uh, it's wild, so I will take the, a little bit of coolness. On the, in case you didn't We're know, melting. everybody, Mark lives on the island where they shot Lost. So he routinely gets chased <laughs> by the smoke monster and the weird polar bear. Yes. Or so he tells uh, us. The smoke monster is a little different up here because uh, marijuana is legal. Um, <laughs> it's a different same kind way, of smoke monster. Same, same yeah. thing in Michigan, too. <laughs> different kind of smoke monster. But, yeah, it is, it, is, uh, it is warm. And for recording, my AC unit's right behind me, so I have to shut that off. So I don't get the feedback from that. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a sweaty episode. But uh, for this wonderfully sweaty episode, we are joined. That's a weird introduction. I apologize, but like you know, I'm just going to roll with it. We are joined oh, by Connor, aka Palpa Memes. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. You guys, Excellent. it's a it's a pleasure. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm really? pumped. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pumped, man. I love your your stuff. And Thank well, you. you know what? I'm not even going to. Pre- I'm not even going to introduce you. You can introduce yourself, maybe. Tell people where I kind of found your your uh, Star Wars stuff. Uh, so we'll do an introduction first, and then I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple of Star Wars questions. So uh, yeah, for introduce sure, yourself. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm Palpa Memes. People call me Palpy or Palpa or many other names that I take offense to. But uh, I make Star Wars content on YouTube. I'm also pretty active on Twitter, and I am a full-on Ray simp. That's kind of my thing, and also a Luke simp. So got got a nice batch there, but I've just been making sequel trilogy content for the most part. I branch out to Mandalorian and, and you know, obviously the new Star Wars stuff that's coming out. But mm-hmm. mostly I think the thing that's kind of more unique about my channel is, is I'm a huge sequel fan and I love just making all, all types of videos on the sequel trilogy. So that's that's kind of a, kind of what I do. 
That I, yeah. I would definitely say that is unique because you know that's where that's where a lot of that vitriol drops, yeah. which is really unfortunate when you think about you know poor uh, Kelly, you know Kelly Marie Tran and and everything yeah. she's been through. So you know, my, my more power to you. You know, yeah, keeping Star Wars moving forward. I like that. Right, right. That's it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of the cast. I mean, Daisy Ridley, John. Don't even get me started on John Boyega. Like just, a black stormtrooper. What? Just, Gosh. Oh. He anyway, uh, we'll get Okiro back on and, and he can go on a rant because his his Twitter's uh, just fantastic with uh, with stuff. But but uh, Palpy, you, yeah, so you uh, you run your, your YouTube channel. We're no we're not really afraid to, to talk about liking the sequels. We've done a few episodes now Sweet. where we've talked about uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, you know, where we think we could go forward. So we'll probably talk about a little bit of that later. Okay. But first. I want to hear for new Seeker friends, whether you're on this show, co-op mode or video game podcast or Seeker friends proper uh, or, or code 47. We always ask people what your geek origin is and we'll, we'll put a little star Wars twist on it. So if you want to tell us your overall geek origin, uh, mine's a star Wars one anyway, so it kind of works. But if, <laughs> if you want to start with the overall geek origin, but also tell us how you got into star Wars. Yeah, so um, five years old, I would say, is whenever I really got into it. Um, mm. It's funny that you mentioned that because the other day I, I found an old old picture. I was literally five years old, five, maybe six, um, of me in my dad's like oversized gray hood hoodie. And I was dressing up like Anakin. I had uh, the Force FX Anakin Skywalker lightsaber. And I posted that picture of, uh, of me when I was literally five or six years old. And then a picture of me that day with uh, with my Ray ray neopixel lightsaber right there and it's like you know i've aged 15 16 years however it would be and uh, nothing has changed um so yeah my first <laughs> yeah my first major star wars experience was uh was revenge of the sith it was the first movie mm-hmm. i ever saw in theaters and so wow. um it, it just holds a very special place in my heart and i have a ton of nostalgia for it i don't think the movie's perfect i have plenty of problems with the movies now, now that i'm kind of grown up but um i still absolutely love them and then battlefront 2 and 1 those games, uh, those were my babies. Those were my childhood. I, I have so many memories of playing that. And that's what really got me into Star Wars. And okay. you know, it's funny because back then, it's like I never in a million years would I have thought that I would be, you know, making content and, and whatnot for it. And being so, I would say, obsessed with it as I am now. Uh, not in a negative way, but, you know, it's kind of like my my life now. It's kind of what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's it. I'd say the prequels, that was what started me on this journey of being a nerd and I'm proud of it. <laughs> All right. I love you it. Know, I love it. Definitely. And I think that, you know, as we continue to talk, it will really bring a unique perspective because, you know, I I'm the elder statesman in the room. My first film was the empire strikes back 1980. I was four years old. Mark is a few years younger than me. So he had a similar kind of VHS based experience mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the films. Cause I know Mark, you've talked about it was your aunt would lend you a tape and you'd have to watch mm-hmm. it and then bring it back. And, and so, you know, obviously we were we were reared on the OT, so that really brings our focus into that as far as how we view the umbrella of everything. But right. getting the perspective of somebody who says, boy, the, the end of the sequel trilogy was my first taste and yeah. shaped everything that followed, I find that to be incredibly unique. I really do. So I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm excited to see what we get into here without yeah, a doubt. Sure. So I have I have some questions on that actually. So so you start with episode three. Mm-hmm. what was your watch order after that? Did you, were you instantly hooked and you wanted to go back and watch one, two, or did you jump in four, five, six, one, two? Like how, how did you end up seeing them all? What was, what was the, 
the process there. There wasn't there wasn't really a structure because when you're a kid, you just you just watch Star Wars for cool action scenes. I mean, right. that's not what it was there for. So I, I remember just putting it on like I want to watch Obi Wan versus Grievous or Obi Wan <laughs> versus Anakin, you know. And yeah. but of course, I I watched uh, the other two. Obviously, and, and it's funny because when I was a kid, I was like, I didn't really care for the originals. I didn't watch them. I thought they were boring. Right. You know, because I was a kid and I was like, when, there's when not cool action with scenes. an hour-long f- sword fight yeah, on a, it's in like an active volcano. It, like The greatest thing I've ever seen in my what? entire life. And I had all the action <laughs> figures. I had the lights. I had the posters, Battlefront 2. That's what Star Wars was to me. And so I didn't, you know, I obviously liked and respected the OT because of the OT. But this again, this is when I was like five, six years old. Um not until I was probably like 13 when I when I rewatched the original trilogy and I really was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. Uh, these change cinema. Because, uh, right. you know, you start to get older, you start to progress a little bit more maturely and you actually like movies for the story and character development and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of where, where what kind of brought me on what Star Wars is, is cool action scenes. And my narrative to that has completely flipped um, as time has gone on. But I... Believe me, I still love those action scenes. <laughs> I swing my lightsaber around every night in the living room, you know, like an idiot. So I hear that. I did. You know what? I, I, I was talking with my wife on the weekend, and uh, I said, you know, for the the next time we buy a house, we need something with high ceilings. And she's like, "Oh, bigger Christmas tree." I was like, "Nah, fucking swinging my lightsaber." Yeah, right. Uh, and, way, and, way... and when your boy gets of age, him swinging around his lightsaber. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Smart. I mean, that's that's just gonna happen, right? I mean, we gotta. We'll build in like a, a cheaper kind of lightsaber that I don't mind. But once once he gets a little older, that he can respect it. We're 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 heading down to Galaxy's Edge. He's going to build something real good. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. It will be uh, the rite of passage. Awesome. That's it. That's it. Uh, so what's what's your preferred watch order right now? Um, when introduced because I've introduced Star Wars to some people I know in real life, and I've always said start out with Episode Seven. Because okay. episode seven to me feels like the pinnacle, not just of what makes Star Wars great, but in terms of the overall story, it's such an interesting place to start. You see this man on this island, you see the like kind of legacy of the original trilogy. You get like all these story aspects on what it concluded to, but you don't know what the story is. So I always say, watch episode seven, watch episode four, then watch the prequels. I so you like watch it. episode four, okay. you hear about these things like the Clone Wars, and then you see it, and then you watch five, six eight nine because uh the sequels are basically you've got these new characters but you have the legacy of the original heroes and i'd even argue a lot of what the prequels happened especially with how luke talks about it in last jedi Mm -hmm. so that's my Mm -hmm. always like when i people people are like i'm gonna watch star wars in fact there's someone that that i'm good friends with at the gym he's an old he's older guy this guy's probably 60 um and I had him watch it in that order. I said, this is going to be a really interesting order, and I want to see what your thoughts are on it because it's like you get all this exposition and stuff, and mm. but you don't know what it is exactly. So it's going to bring you in. You're like, what is the Clone Wars? What is this? What is well, – who is Luke Skywalker? What, what's this guy about? Why is he on this island? Uh, so that's that's my preferred watch order now. I right? like it because that, that's giving me yes, like I, similar vibes to my – that order that I talked about a few episodes ago, which was uh, – but I started with episode four. So you see kind of that because I, I like starting with, with you know, the, the original. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then it was, what did I say? It was like you start with episode four, then you go back and watch uh, Rogue One. Then you do, oh shit, my order is all over the place. But it was, you know, it was I, something. I, I, I would almost. Oh, prefer- then you watch Empire. Then you go back and watch one, two, three, because right. you see that I am your father. And then right, you see how right. did his father right. turn into this? So you right. go back and then after Rogue watching. One, yeah. 
Rogue seven, one, it was watching four, uh, five, one, two, three, yeah, six, and then forward, six, yeah. and then. Well, what about once Solo? you watch seven? Well, once you watch seven and you see Han Solo die, then you go back and watch Solo because it's it's all of this oh, this yeah. like you know something right. happens and then you go back and see more story right. about who that person right. was before it happened. So it was very like similar thoughts of like right. hearing this and then seeing something, hearing mm-hmm. something and then see or like you know seeing something end and then going back to watch how it started very like kind of similar vibes i like your order man i might Thank i might try yeah that. it's always it's some cool. i've always loved and i'm always pushing for people to watch it in that way especially new star wars fans because i think it's the best way to kind of kind of get get your foot in the door and uh be intrigued mm-hmm. be pulled in by that first movie and i think the force awakens does that perfectly that's great that's awesome uh what's your favorite movie? i'm guessing maybe force awakens but i i don't want to mm-hmm. talk for you what's, what's your favorite movie overall it's it's actually became episode nine, and I know okay. that's the the biggest hot take in the world, but it really genuinely has. Like, I, I love that movie. Yes, I know it's got it's got plenty of flaws, and there's definitely things I would change about it. But I, and this could be because it's still kind of new. But I've already seen it more times than any other Star Wars movie, more times than Revenge of the Sith, and it's only been out for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could go on about the character development, the arcs, the story, the narratives, the themes. Um, I could go on about it. I, I just love the movie. No movie pulls me in and as is as intriguing as that movie to me. And it, it just feels so the movie's just wild. It mm. just does what it wants. And I know that can be a bad thing a lot. And it, it definitely is at some points, but overall I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. This, it reminds me more so of, of the, of revenge of the Sith in so many ways. Yes. Revenge of the Sith. It's got a lot of plot problems and, and character development problems, but this is George Lucas. Revenge of the Sith was George Lucas saying, screw it we're doing this we're doing this we're, do- we're going all out and so with rise of skywalker with how jj abrams and, and terrio talk about it mm. they they just do these things that are like this needs to happen and here's why yeah. like we can expand on it later <laughs> yeah. you know and so i think for that and it's just a fun movie overall it's mm-hmm. just so rewatchable um and yeah I, definitely my favorite yeah excellent excellent uh last question before we move on to some bad batch stuff what what you said you didn't expect when you were watching the Star Wars movies, you know, when you were a kid or whatever, to be making content. What what triggered this desire to make some content? It was actually the new Battlefront Two game. Okay. It, it was such a weird moment. It was almost like a a fate kind of feeling, like oh my gosh, something's pulling me to do this. I know that sounds, you know, cliche, but really, like it was. And I don't know how I remember this so much because I I was I love Battlefront Two, the new one. It's my favorite Star Wars game, and because um, I have my other channel. And I was just sitting there. Was, I, I know the exact time. It was 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, I want to make videos on Battlefront. And so that night, I drove over to Best Buy like 30 minutes before they closed. Bought some cheap blue yet blue snowball microphone. You know, the horrible kind. That's how I started off podcasting. Yeah. And, and, I, and I was like, screw it. We're doing this. And my videos were horribly made. and <laughs> I, But I love it so much because I like going back and watching them and just kind of see where you we've came. Uh, where you've come from and how far you've come but yeah it was battlefront 2 it's like i just i just love that game i had so much to say about it and you know to my surprise i was actually able to make some some uh, somewhat of an impact on the content that got into the game and and the sort of community so it was, it was really fun to get in touch with the developers over there and it's like amazing and again it goes back to that childhood thing this was just like three years ago when i started two and a half three years ago and it's like back then i never would have thought that it would have come to this where we are now and so it's something that's like you know oh it's, it's cliche it's always come your heart. to this yeah you know it's i'm spending way too much money on crap no <laughs> that's awesome man that's that's yeah. uh that's yeah. really good yeah. here i love i love nice. 
hearing about that passion and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's really, we're going to have to have you over on co-op mode or video game podcast. Charlie's really? a little bit video game averse. So I, pl- uh, I, I play, then- the, I play the Lego games and literally that's it. When I was waiting yeah. on this lag, I was, I'm playing, I'm replaying Lego Avengers right now. So I'm character building right now. So, but that's, that's all that's ever sucked me in when it comes to video games. Yeah. So when we really wanted to get into video games, Todd or another co-host and, uh, and myself, we have co-op mode. That's our video game specific podcast on the secret friends network. So uh, we'd love to have you over there sometime. If you want to yeah, really sure. dive into some video games. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, but uh, for right now, let's dive into some more bad batch. We've been doing the play by plays every two weeks. So we've got two episodes to go over. Let's start with battle scars episode seven. Uh, Charlie. You know, yes, let's, let's start with you. What did so, you think of Battlestars? We're, you know, we're, we're, we're snagging another, you know, all of these are very episodic. We're kind of moving, moving the season forward. And again, I think we're falling into, uh, this just feels like I've described it to many people at this point, uh, as this is the Mandalorian with a less cute kid. You know what I mean? Because we've got Omega or Omega uh, <laughs> in that beautiful Kiwi uh, dialect of hers. Um uh, kind, kind of moving the ball forward, but in this episode we get we get Captain Rex back, uh, and he's talking about something that has been in play for several episodes now. But kind of one of these like everybody's got that relative that just won't go to the doctor. Like oh, I've got this horrible headache, but I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Leave me alone. And uh, what's going on is that uh, I, with Wrecker, obviously his chip is starting to reassert itself, uh, and he's you know steps away from uh, finally succumbing to order 66 and killing uh, all the rest of his um all their cohorts so we really don't want that to happen but re- what rex comes in is that again in, in kind of classic mandalorian parlance like hey we got to do this mission and we got to do this dangerous thing but we got to go and find a decommissioned rebel cruiser on this junk planet that's got a sick bay that can it's just oh Convoluted is a live long day, and you, you know, of course, the same planet that you start off in Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, exactly. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I that, that part of it. I it understand because convoluted I know, as it wants to be. I know that's your favorite, I, I, and I totally respect that. I do, but again, they go there, uh, and it's you know, it's a race against time, which of course they lose. It turns into a big firefight, um, but at the end of it, they're able to save him. Of course, get the chip removed as. We saw it happen with Ahsoka and Rex uh, in that very beautiful uh, closing arc of the Clone Wars, which I just think was, again, to me, the pinnacle of, of, of animated Star Wars was that that remaining three, four episode arc of the Clone Wars that, that we got last year. So I don't know. Oh, sorry. You guys get me too late at night. You're killing me. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, again. You got to kind of take it for what it is. It's a cartoon. It's geared towards the kids, but uh, no new ground broke here. Didn't didn't really blow my mind. Saw this coming a mile away, uh, like two or three episodes back. Um, I didn't really dig on it. I don't know. I don't know. Mark sounds like you had a little bit more of an affinity for it. I did. I thought this episode was good, man. I love seeing Rex again. Um, I even though it was it was kind of hinted at, like you said, a couple of episodes ago, seeing Wrecker turn bad and be that kind of um, uh, horror movie villain, 
of like, you don't know, is he going to be here? You think you're safe, you're hiding. And then it's like, <laughs> there he is, you know, ripping something apart. And it was, it was, uh, you know, hints of like Jason Voorhees plus the Hulk. It was just like, you know, it was, I thought it was good, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, they, they brought you back to the same planet that Jedi Fallen Order started on. I liked seeing those same kind of outfits, uh, that, that we saw the, the junkers in, in that game. So I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed this episode. It wasn't, I don't know if it was my favorite, but it was, uh, I thought it was entertaining and I thought it was starting at least to, to move some things forward and, uh, and go in a kind of entertaining direction. Palpy. What'd you think? I hate to say this, but I, I uh, skipped that episode. I never, I never got around to it. I, I've Fair been enough. so busy. I, I watched, I watched the recent episode uh, yesterday. Okay. So I got okay. a lot to say about that, but I, I know, ex- I obviously know what happens. I've read the synopsis and I've talked to many people about it, and so I, I have the idea of what happened in that episode. I just, just never got okay. around to seeing it. Um, but. I like the ideas they go with it, especially with record and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wish we get a little bit more of, of stuff like that overall within the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah kind of like it's again, kind of generic, not really, yeah. not really moving the ball forward in a way that you think is significant. They're just kind of stumbling from, you know, situation to situation with nothing clear in sight. Mm-hmm. And then again, when we get to the end of this next episode, we get a very familiar trope, you know, absolutely dumped on us. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Palps, you read, you, you've watched episode eight. Did you want to jump into talking about that then? Yeah, yeah I've got a lot to say because I, I just watched it last night, like I said. Um, and it's definitely my second favorite of the season right next to episode one. And, and it's interesting because watching it, I was like, this episode feels like it should have come right after episode one. Mm. Like, obviously, there's some little things that you needed to set up. But overall, it's like, I think the biggest issue that's going to happen with this show is the fact that they're making it as long as it is. I mean, 16 episodes, that's a lot mm-hmm. uh, for a show that has become as simplistic as it has, which is what's disappointed me the most. But with, yes, or I'm sorry, uh, this recent episode, I actually quite enjoyed it because it, it had some darkness to it. It actually developed these characters, actually progressed the story a little bit. Yeah, we got once more another cameo, which I'm worried about for the future of Star Wars. Um you know, but it was still good, and I like what happened with Hunter, and of course Cad Bane, and all that, and Omega. She's gone now, so what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. It still just feels like it's a like a Mad Libs Mandalorian episode edition, where they just kind of change. You know, they had. I, I mean, like, there's so many episodes I've seen. I'm like, that happened in the Mandalorian. You know, where like they had this right, the ship exactly. crash. You get attacked by something. You need to fix the ship. You need to go. And it's I like mean, that, that's where I'm stuck. Too. Yeah, it's like, I think it, I just got fired as the co-host here, and I, I think Poppy's <laughs> going to be taking over because oh you're just god. you're just mirroring what Charlie's well, saying here. This I is, mean, this oh is my great. god! Yeah. Just the, you know, cut the check. The episode the episode title <laughs> is now Mad Libs Mandalorian. Yeah. So write that well, <laughs> shit down right now. Right. That's yeah, how it feels, though. I mean, even yesterday's yes, or I'm sorry, last week's episode, I was just like. This was a really good episode, but it was basically the Boba Fett episode, kind of, of, of Mandalorian, where <laughs> where our, our little cute little kid gets captured, and then it's like, we have to find her, you know? And it's like, right. I've seen this before. I know they're going to find I know they're not going to kill Omega. Right. What I think the Mandalorian did well is, is look, Grogu is essential to the plot of the uh, sequel trilogy. I mean, this guy is Ooh. essential to the rise of, of Palpy's return and, and, and the creation of Snoke. I mean, yeah, it's not confirmed, but come on, if you watch anything about it, it's confirmed and Favreau himself has said that he is building the show's exposition around the rise of the first order and so mm-hmm. but with omega it's like 
I mean, like, what, what do you say about that? Like, yeah, she's a cute kid. We care about her. I like her. Um, but what, what, what's her importance to the plot? You know, right. someone, someone brought up yesterday in the Discord. They're like, look, you could take Omega out of this and nothing would change about the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate to admit it, but you're kind of right. So I'm hoping that now that they they captured her, I'm hoping that there's an actual huge importance to why she exists. Um, because what the, the, the theory is that she's a female clone, mm-hmm. um, you know. Altered DNA and stuff, which again, force, you could go back. Sensitive to, hints. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could say uh, it's kind of the start of them trying to make that that force sensitive being, which many many years later would 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 develop and uh, grow into how Palpatine was able to make that that clone frail mm-hmm. body. Right, so, right, right. That's what yeah, I'm hoping. That's, that's and I've been saying that the whole time. I, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than Charlie, but I've been saying that the whole time. Is is I think by the end of this we're going to see some broader picture of how this fits into the universe and, and what the purpose of it is and what the, what is the purpose of, uh, of Omega? Um, you know, how do the, the bat, how does the bad batch fit into the narrative, whether it's developing, um, the rebels or doing something that makes an impact on some part of the universe. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how this is going to end up because realistically, I mean, this, you know, it, it, if there was something of vast importance that happened here, we, you know, it, it should have, it, it should be tying into the original trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. just based on this timeline. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. Like, can it have a big impact with, mm-hmm. With, you know, with, with the timeline and how much we know about what happens afterwards. Uh, and it was the same problem I had with, with kind of, you know, with Jedi fallen order, it was like, okay, well, if there's another Jedi out there, uh, why, why wasn't he interacting with Luke? Why, you, you know, why he, he survived order 66 right. and then, and then what, like, why does this yeah. matter? Right. So, um, similar to, to the end of that game, which I absolutely loved and, and they had some stuff happen that, that made sense in the narrative and, you know, kind of didn't affect, you know, building a new Jedi school that then was never heard of again or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they fit this into the overall narrative. And and at the end, is it going to make sense or are we just going to be like, right. Or, or 16 episodes well wasted. Yeah. 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 The big question is if, you know, it's just like, Oh, we're driving the car right off, a, you know, and right into a wall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Is it, is it going to, are you going to get, off the highway onto the main road, that's something else that's going to connect you to Solo or it's going to give something that canonically kind of falls in, in lockstep. Or is this going to potentially give us something interesting that's non-canonical? You know, I was having this great conversation. I was working on a toy show over the weekend with some some real heavy Star Wars friends, and we were talking about Shadows of the Empire and Dash Rendar and Zizor and how those things, you know, have been kind of pulled back gently from the eu back into canon and hmm. you know how that looks and how it's very gentle and so yeah will bad batch because it's positioned kind of thusly find ways to maybe pull things post episode three back into canon that that have been exercised mm-hmm. the way that so many things were mm-hmm. um you know during the disney transition so that's something that i'm the most interested in is that how can you approach something interesting 
that previously existed. And, and, you know, because again, the EU, many people will tell you so much of it. You know, I've heard the stats, uh, 75% of it was garbage. It's not, it's not totally untrue. Uh, because a lot of that was, you know, the, you know, Luke with two U's and it was, you know, <laughs> yeah, Luke, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, oh much, yeah. So, much, so much of it was totally junk. What can we pull from that? You know, what can we cherry pick from the mm-hmm. EU to drop back into Canada that's going to make it worthwhile. So mm-hmm. with any project really at all, but in particular within this time period, which the OT, uh, I, I really revere um, because that that's my childhood. What can they pull from that that's going to be significant and interesting to drop ba- that back into existing canon with a project like this? So that that's what I'm eagle eye for. That That's mm-hmm. what I'm really interested in seeing. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that kind of brings us in to kind of the next topic or the next section that we want to talk about. And this is kind of just, you know, we, we figured we had Palpy on. Let's, let's talk about something you're passionate about, which is where Star Wars can go. So, you know, we're kind of, we have some hopes and dreams about where this show can go, but what else can they do? What's, what's next for Star Wars? What, uh, you know, what I, we're getting the Acolyte. That's, that's, you know, one of the shows that's, that's so far <laughs> happening. Uh, you know, it's not, what was the one that was just canceled, uh, officially the, the, um, the, Oh yeah. The, the rebel of the, yeah. thing, the, the, Knights... the rebel thingy, the rebel, I don't want to touch care doing with the 10 foot pool show. Right. And I, I'm kind of <laughs> sad that they didn't just pivot to another character. Like oh, Rangers. Just, yeah. The, Oh Rangers. no, that's still on. That's still on. No, that's the movie. Isn't it? No, the you're talking about you're, Rangers of the New Republic, right? The show, which yeah. would be the Kim's mm-hmm. convenience guy who we saw, and then potentially yeah. and then bringing in the super duper toxic, what's her butt, uh, uh, <laughs> Carano. Yeah, the person. No, yeah. no, that that that's still on 100. percent Really? Oh yeah. I thought that got canceled like a couple of weeks ago. No, no, no. All, was, all that was said that was that it's not in current development, which if you look at the oh, timeline of when these okay, things are kind okay, of planned okay, 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 okay. and remember to be released, yeah, they just said it's not in current development, which again goes back to the controversy that happened. Uh, you know, um, so I think, I think they're simply switching some things around and I'm perfectly so no, fine yeah, with that. No, but, no longer yeah, an active development. Okay. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that start. Yeah. That, so uh, that I, I always looked at that and it could be canceled. We just, but like from that, I'm like, okay, this is just on a halt right now. Just on hold. Okay. So they get this stuff figured out that they're going to re structure this that's what i'm assuming uh, yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they just kind of pivot like even mm-hmm. like i mean it's not released yet it's not like they they 100 had to focus it around her like focus right. it on anyone well, who else is she? she's in she was on alderaan she yeah. um she has a rebellion tattoo on her eye uh that that's that's about it yeah. you know it's like it's like she's not like some major important character so it's when like yeah. I didn't care that that much that she's gone that that Cara Dune's gone because I I mean I thought she's a f- okay side supportive character but I was like Did, I just yeah. want to see Mandalorian and Baby yeah, Yoda yeah right yeah didn't, <laughs> you know? didn't really blow your socks off yeah it was no, yeah. kind of hard to pull that because yeah even Boba Fett I mean did you really feel that he pulled away from Grogu I don't think so he, again he was another great side character in that story yeah. but nobody was like. I mean, we just watched yesterday was Father's Day. And so I said to my wife, I said, babe, let's watch that last episode of The Mandalorian. That's the greatest Father's Day story I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's spectacular. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. even watching that, even, you know, and it's been six months since that was on. Even watching, uh, you know, Grogu and, 
and 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 Din Djarin saying goodbye, I it did tears in my eyes without a doubt. I mean, I was oh, sad. Know, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I have sons myself, and I have you know some that I see, and I have some that I don't, and uh, that that really touches me. That really that really really spoke to this part mm-hmm. right here. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. The the core of any story is how it touches you emotionally. I've learned certainly as I, I've gotten older, exactly. I've gotten more appreciative of any kind of media. Is what does this speak to in my life? How does this make me feel, and why? Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. how something resonates. I've really learned. So, what are you guys hoping? While we're on shows, uh, there was some news recently. Charlie, you were lucky to to spot this just before we started recording. I'm glad you shared it in the Facebook group. I, I won't read the entire article. If you want to check it out, go check out the uh, the article in the Facebook group. Uh, you know, it's uh, but it, it's talking about the and, acolyte and, and on Twitter. I, I, and on I Twitter. Sorry, share. right? Okay, yes, I, we're we are getting better at sharing in multiple places. <laughs> Uh, so Star Wars, the acolyte, uh, Leslie Headland, she's the, the showrunner. Uh, she's talking about the writer's room and how she's getting different voices in there. Uh, people who love Star Wars are big lifetime fans to people who never saw it and were like getting caught up before they started writing this show. And we're like, wait a second, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. What? And, you know, we were talking for a couple of seconds before we started recording yeah. and just like, oh, no. I think that's a good thing. You know, like bringing some fresh, fresh yeah. voices, and, fresh no, perspectives. Abso- That's cool. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I will draw back to Palps. Just so you know, I'm a, I, I on this network. I run a Star Trek podcast. I'm a huge Star Trek guy. That's okay. really my main. That's really my main drive. But. Uh, I think about Star Trek. Star Trek had an 18-year dynasty of television between 1987 and 2005, where they were always on. They were almost always popular until they got to that last run where all the stories were kind of like the Bad Batch. It was it was SOS. It was SOSDD. Same old shit, different day. It just got to be so samey. Like here's a new set of characters, and let's do the same story again. That people just got wise. Um, you had the same group of people right. uh, who were a part of it, the same people who were writing it. You had it was Rick Berman was the guy who was the Rick Berman dynasty that he just ran the franchise right into the ground. And the series was off air. You know, the franchise was off television for, for 12 years, which is a almost a lifetime. It was as long as the original series was off. Was almost off before they they had the the cinematic universe of the film starting in 1979. So, in a lot of ways, kind of the same thing. So, the show when it was reinvented was dramatically different. Entirely new creative team. Uh, they took the show out of filming in California for the first time. It's now filmed in Canada. It's very different, um, and it really intimidates the shit out of some people. They can't handle it. I love it. I love because again, even I, as a, a diehard, unconditional lover of that franchise, can say, if you keep doing the same thing, Mark, stop me. I'm going to use my same analogy. What am I going to say? I don't want to spoil it. You say it so well. Ah, uh, if you have pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, how long is it going to be before you start to hate pizza? There you go. It's it, we it's need that on a shirt. I did there. Well, we were talking about, you know, yeah, branching yeah. out for our merchandise. I, I want my pizza on the shirt. I want my pizza on a the shirt. There's the shirt. Um, no, if, if you just keep doing the same old, same old, same old, even the diehards will eventually learn to hate it and just kind of tune it out. So you're right. right. Bringing in new voices and going 180 degrees and telling absolutely different stories is the only way to keep something alive. So th- th- this really, this really is the way. This really is the only way. 
So what do you guys think about the uh, the mystery? So, so the Acolyte, for anyone that doesn't know, is going to be a mystery thriller that's going to take uh, the audience into the, a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging, emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So we've seen this in comics. We've seen this in books. We have never seen the High Republic on film, TV, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, what do you guys think about the Acolyte going not only to that era, but also like dark side focused? Mm-hmm. Palpy, what, uh, what are your it- hopes and dreams for this show? It's my most intrigued, uh, intriguing show. It's the most excited, the most excitement for it because of the fact that it's going to be new. Mm. Uh, it's going to be refreshing. At least I hope. I hope, hope the main storylines aren't like they crash their ship and then you know, oh, we got to fix it. But first, you need my They've help. They've got a dark side baby that they need to. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and the fact that they're bringing in people who are fresh off the bat, new Star Wars fans or weren't Star Wars fans beforehand, I think that's a good thing because they're going to see it in a different way that's not ran by nostalgia. Um, and that's why I find a, a pretty huge problem that's been kind of coming up is it seems like, you know, you take out the cameos and replace them with someone new. How good is the episode still or whatever right. it is? And so that's mm-hmm. kind of my problem. The Acolyte, you can't really do that. And so that's why I'm really, I mean, you got Yoda, but you know, still it's every everything's fresh and new in it and I, i'm just so excited and and leslie even talked about politics and stuff how she's really wanting to focus on the politics that george lucas and the themes that he threw in there was especially that was real heavy and present kind of in your face at the time was was revenge of the sith mm-hmm. uh, was very very political and he even copied almost line for line things that you know oh president's uh is george bush said i want i want to say um and so i it's funny how she talked about in that same interview, I believe how she's like, everyone gets so mad when you say that you're going to put some political themes and messages in this, but star Wars has always at the very like core had a very strong political theme going from the very mm-hmm. beginning since it was made. And so I'm very happy that she's going to keep doing what, with whatever she believes in and um, is putting that in the story, because to me, that's what gives story character and structure and it gives it uh, uniqueness right. is when they take sure. their personal feelings of the real world and expand upon it. And this, alternative universe fake universe you know and they can build upon that and again it's stuff like that when she's saying that i'm like oh my gosh i can't wait to see where she goes with this you know it's a mystery thriller what 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 are the acolyte who are the acolytes under a lot of people say play yes mm. um which i would be perfectly fine with yes it's a cameo yes it's a you could say a, a, a nostalgic character but to me that makes complete sense you know with the story it's like who are the acolytes under it'd be Plagueis, right like the yeah. big main sith of that time i mean it's canon um you know, so I can't wait for it. I can't yeah. wait to start learning more about what's going to be going on and and how they're gonna how they're gonna do it. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, the world building is something that I feel like we're we're lacking right now. With mm-hmm. the Mandalorian was a high, and the Bad Batch in a lot of ways feels like a low because it's like it's a retread. Are they simply trying to create hit those same notes for a younger audience? But again. Right now, we, the older audience, don't really have anything to enjoy. We've got another six months until we hit Boba Fett. Uh, then we're going to see The Mandalorian Season 3, and then we'll be mm-hmm. we'll be on to this as well. So, you know, older, younger set, it, it would make sense, and potentially it will happen in time, that we will have corresponding, you know, corresponding uh, content that younger people can enjoy, older people can enjoy, though so, th- though it's, being, it's eyes on for everybody right now. So, yes, I would... 
I would like to veer away from the animated content. Um, Clone Wars for me really ran its course, and I don't. I hate to agree with Todd, our other co-host, Todd, my best friend, who he and I are always very loggerheads on other stuff. I can love and appreciate a lot of stuff. Todd is a lot more critical. But one thing I can absolutely agree with him in about is that the Clone Wars has really run its course, but Disney keeps trying to build extra bridges mm-hmm. for it and and slap on a little extra and put some plywood under here and build it up this way and do this other thing and I, I just let it go. Let right. let it end. Let let's move on. Uh to, let's do some real story building, uh some real world building, some some building within the timeline of mm-hmm. of an earlier area or, you know, God forbid a later era, which again something star trek has really done dramatically is that they jump their story forward in one of the current series by a thousand years and it's fascinating to see well we had this very stable republic or federation and then a thousand years from now everything has fallen apart why has everything fallen apart Mm -hmm. and that was that was the course of this entire season of the show to to figure out what that is and figure out how to start to fix it and i thought that was fascinating so Mm -hmm. At any rate, I that, find uh, I find a way to, to suck Star Trek back into every episode of the show. And I know, <laughs> really do. So I'm really sure do. some people really do hate it. So hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at the C3, and you can tell me all about it. Yes, uh, but that does lead me into one last kind of question I have is, uh, Palpy, what uh, we we know some shows that are introduced or that that are announced, they're in development. Uh, we're, we haven't really heard too much on the film side of things aside from Patty Jenkins, um, the, the X-Wing fighter movie that that yeah. name is escaping me right now. Rogue uh, Squadron. <laughs> Rogue Squadron. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad someone's prepared for this uh, Star Trek show that we do every two weeks or a Star, Star Wars show. Charlie, you have me so thrown off and I'm running on three hours of sleep. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, but anyway, what what? What, where else do you want them to go with uh, whether it's movies, TV, whatever it is? What's what's your dream perfect scenario for the future of Star Trek, or Star Wars? Jesus, I did it again. <laughs> this might have um, had too much rum in it. <laughs> yeah, for me and my channel, we're all like I said at the beginning, we're all a bunch of Ray Sims. You know, how can you not be? It's Ray. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Something we think. And I know a lot of people disagree, but for us, we can really see a huge future in in some post Rise of Skywalker content, specifically with Ray and Finn. Yes. Um, one thing I love about the Rise of Skywalker, yes, <laughs> throughout the sequel trilogy, I'm I was so disappointed on the lack of Finn and the lack of arc. I would say for Finn, what I do appreciate about the Rise of Skywalker is they at least set a lot up for the potential for him to be fulfilled with that arc. And we've got John Boyega saying, "Yeah, I'd come back as long as under like you know maybe J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, and stuff." Uh, which is funny because the narrative that a bunch of YouTubers always throw around is is he hates Kathleen Kennedy right. and J.J. Abrams. And it's like, no, it's, it's the complete opposite. mentioned, yeah. The, it's, the, it's, he the, dislikes the, the Disney wants, enterprise. Yeah. He dislikes how Disney brings their foot in the door when it comes to these creators, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there's just so much in the Rise of Skywalker set up so much for Finn. Um, obviously, Force-sensitive. A lot of people say, well, it's not confirmed, but no, it's, yes, it it's everything that he but does in that movie, it's, it's, it's a feeling. Yeah, by by J.J. Abrams himself, he said, "No, yeah, that's what we wanted to say. We wanted yeah. to keep it like a like it made you think. I have to think about it after it, which I like because that, that's always fun to be like, oh, what what was Finn gonna say? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Then he felt Ray's death, and then he did this, blah 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 blah. When he talked to Jana, I was like, okay, wow, mm-hmm. this guy's a force sensitive. Um, and so I think what'd be really cool is Ray. Um, you know, she's completed her arc of finding where she belongs and accepting her past while moving on with her own future. 
um, adopting the Skywalker name, respecting her masters, and and really the legend that she grew up with. It's cool because she kind of became that legend. You even see that in a physical way where she's literally in Red 5 wearing Luke Skywalker's helmet, you know? And when in the beginning, she's like, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like we're past that phase, right? She's she's her own. She's her new person now. She's like, my, my past, I've learned it. I'm not going to let it get to me anymore. It'd be really interesting to see the, the galaxy's perspective of this because maybe she does become kind of a big person around. She's already the last hope, as they're called, as she called uh, in The Rise of Skywalker by Janna. And so it's very clear, and they made it very evident that that Rey is a very famous person within the galaxy. She's she's becoming that legend. The question is, can the galaxy handle her past as she was able to, and can she handle the way the galaxy treats her? And so um, I don't know exactly how you could do that, but mm. maybe she has some political power. Not necessarily like she's on the set or anything, but maybe she does have some representation. Maybe the maybe she's trying to rebuild what was broken off in Coruscant. Um, and of course, that would ha- that'd be a huge stretch, but it's like it depends on when you take this. You can do this in a very small way or a very large way, all while yeah. she's attempting, I would say, attempting to train Finn because Ray's a very clear, self-evident self-trainer. Mm-hmm. She has to be based on her experiences and how she's grown up as, as a nobody alone her whole life. But the question is, once again, can she properly train Finn? You know, can can she train I, him in the ways? And I think that could be something I, that really builds some character development and structure. Relationships. I think they answered that. I think they they answered that very subtly, but again, in that very J.J. Abrams way, she's she's rocking a yellow lightsaber. Heck yeah, she's on our new adventure. And and the yellow lightsaber is is reserved for the the knowledge keepers, the mm-hmm. the Jedi Temple Guard. You know, we right. don't we don't see that. In the field, Jedi, we see that of the people that are protecting knowledge and and that are are ready to put themselves on the line to protect that knowledge. And that's right. that's Ray. She she has the books, she has the knowledge, she has the text, she has the connection to all of the Jedi. She yeah. is all of the Jedi. Best scene in the saga. <laughs> if anyone can train finn or the next generation it's it's her she has right, a yellow right. lightsaber for a reason and i think that's them saying like don't worry you know what subtle as it might be that that yellow lightsaber flick there, it's behind you but it's it's uh you know I, I, to me as soon as i saw that i was like oh oh yeah okay okay the the, the oh, force is saying, safe yeah. with her where where did you where did but the, and maybe i've missed this and i hope i haven't where did she get the crystal there's a lot of theories, and I have my own yeah. theory. So it's cool because this saber's dead, so I can't show it. But if you slow the frames down, and this was a – I've talked to um, – oh, I just forgot this guy's name. Mike, maybe. Um, very famous. One of the most famous concept artists for Star Wars. I forgot his name, but most people know him. He's huge on Twitter. Um, oh, shit. I follow that they, dude too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he has great cool stuff guy. on Instagram is where I follow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but if you watch the movie. Shit, what's his name? I'm using my – oh, man. I'm using my I phone know, as always... a webcam right now. And I can't I look I'm looking up. up and I, I... Sure. Okay, keep going. Anyways, uh, yeah, if you watch the movie – and it's cool. I was going to show this light on the lightsaber because the lightsaber does the same thing. It actually goes from green to blue to yellow. You can see it through the little windows of the emitter there, and and that's in the movie. And so the the theory is, and and the concept artist actually confirmed that this was an idea that they worked on. He actually built a three D render and an actual animation of how that would work, where it has two crystals in it, a green and blue. So a lot of people say that she had she took okay, so Luke Skywalker still had his green saber on a uh, knock two over there. Mm. So she took his green saber crystal. She took the blue crystal from uh, the 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 Anakin or Luke saber. 
and she put it into one. That's just a theory, though. There's nothing confirmed, but what is confirmed is there's two colors being merged to one color in that mm. saber right there. Interesting. And so, interesting. yeah. So I'm like, okay, so she's got the old Jedi texts. Maybe this was something that was written in that is how to make a multicolored lightsaber, hmm. which would be pretty awesome. And we know that the kyber crystals have meaning and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe those two crystals, they have two different meanings, but they blend into her, whatever her, you know, crystals are attached to the, the force user and whatnot. That's why lightsabers have different sound based Ooh, off nice. of, uh, based off of who's holding it and whatnot. Um, so we don't know for sure exactly, but there's, there's definitely the evidence and theories that very well could be backed up by what we see. Well, I, I don't want to say too much, but we know someone else who is destined to have two lightsaber crystals, a green and a, and a blue. This guy right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, my. <laughs> now mine's not quite as mysterious. My Galaxy's Edge lightsaber build got royally effed up twice during the build process. Uh, so I I chose the green one, and afterwards, they one of the Disney cast members came up and was like, "Sorry, that got so effed up that you paid two hundred dollars for something that uh, that that really got royally." Uh, screwed a couple of times uh not that it like turned me off like i still suggest that to anyone but they were like pick another color and i was bouncing back between green and blue anyway oh yeah and i was like give me that blue thank you so i walked out of there with two crystals i was the only person to walk out with two crystals um for that build but i I guess that makes me a keeper of the the um the maybe that happened to right maybe she was over at maybe uh, what's that planet on maybe she maybe her saber build yeah about to maybe she got it screwed up in the well so that that is an interesting bit because uh batu is supposed to be in canon there's a there's a Mm -hmm. book uh Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. written on that it ties into some of the other stuff um you know that vimerati uh was in um what's her name captain the the phasma novels uh so Mm -hmm. it, it ties in to stuff that's in canon. Um, so if Savi's workshop and the scrap collectors are an actual thing and Ray is in Galaxy's Edge, uh, so she, she stopped there at some point and, and you know, knows that that's a, a place where, yes, they've collected these Jedi and Sith artifacts from as far back as the Old Republic, if uh, the lightsabers are in canon as well because there are Old Republic-style uh, pieces mm-hmm. of scrap metal that you build there. Um, so that, that actually could be a theory where she kind right. of went to Savi and said like, Hey, have you found any, you know, crystals be like, interesting. Have you found yeah. anything yeah. there? Or like even Doc Ondar who, who trades in rare antiquities and stuff. Like if these places in Disney world are in fact in Canon, like mm-hmm. they're written in the novels mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. Ray might have a place to go and be like, you know, what kind of interesting shit have you found, Savi? Like, yeah. <laughs> can I get some mm-hmm. scrap metal, you know? Um, now that, now that uh, you know, the new order's not really stomping through there, maybe they don't have to be as as hidden with it. I mean, if you go to Disney World, um, canonically, when you're there, you're in between, uh, I think it's, it's episode seven and eight, I think is yes. where that, yeah. you know, yeah. every single day, it's like Groundhog Day. It's, they're reliving that kind of same period. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, you know, because, you know, they tie in everything. But um, there, I mean, we had Dano on the channel uh, for, from from the Dano channel on YouTube. Uh, we had him on the show not too long ago. And he talked about, like, how they're potentially going to be working Mando into that and, like, kind of using, um, shoot, I, I, like, the, the world in between, the, the world between worlds or whatever from, from the yeah. – um, from from rebels 
to, to, to do some weird kind of stuff that way, or, or a time jump from, um, you know, that, that we're going to see in season three of Mandalorian. Um, you know, there's a few different ways that, but basically like he said, one of their end goals is to be able to use Mando in galaxy's edge. And I was just like, shit. (laughs) Okay, sure. I'm all for it. You know, if that place is, is just like, you know, the, the, I don't know, like the real world's affecting canon and canon's affecting real way. It's, it's I really like it's that. some weird stuff, man. But yeah, like, that's yeah. a potential, I guess, for, for Ray mm-hmm. to find her, her lightsaber crystal there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's, let's uh, wrap it up there, fellas. If, if you guys are good uh, at that, I, I think this yeah, has yeah. been, uh, this has been pretty fun, but uh, Palpy, we, I think we'll have to get you back. Cause I think there's a whole lot more we can for talk about. Sure. I've got so much to talk about. It's all, awesome. it's all my life's about. So of course, <laughs> I, oh, and I love it. Like I said, a very unique perspective. You get mm-hmm. somebody who's coming from the point of starting their engagement, you know, in the two thousands, which is not, mm-hmm. that is not Mark and I, and that is not yeah. the vast majority of the, the older crust of us that are talking about Star Wars. So I, find that, I find that, yeah, well, we're not boomers. But I'm a <laughs> no, Gen anyone I'm a who's Gen over the age of 30 to yeah. me is a boomer. I'm sorry. Oh, man. We, we have, we have much, to, much to learn, young one. Oh, but at yeah. any rate, I think I still count a, as millennial, don't I? Like 30, oh, no, you 36. are a millennial. I'm a Gen, Gen Z. Yeah. Well, you, were yeah. Born, yeah. you were born in the 80s. I think that makes you a millennial. Yeah. So, but at any rate, yeah. So that, that, then it comes around to my part, but uh, no, do we, do we need one more, one more? Yeah, I want people, yeah, Palby, tell, tell people where is the best place that they can find you and your content. So I'm, my biggest platforms are YouTube and Twitter, uh, either one of the two, because I'm always posting my content to Twitter and vice versa. Uh, but YouTube is my main kind of, kind of road right here. So I'm trying to really, get my youtube channel to go the direction i'm wanting to go um so my youtube name is simply palpa memes little dash mark star wars um that name might change uh, might cut off the dash star wars part but for now it's just palpa memes dash star wars it's a nice old jedi order logo with a galaxy swirl in it you'll know it um and yeah if you're interested in some uh some sequel content or maybe you don't like the sequels but you want to hear a perspective on someone like me who absolutely loves these films and uh season for what they are and um maybe if you want to get a different perspective then then head over onto that channel it's a great channel. Right, Definitely go yeah. follow it on. Uh, one, one last thing before we go. How'd you yeah, come up yeah. with the name Palpa Memes? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sure. was so no, long ago. <laughs> it was, be, yeah, it decided to do some Battlefront thing. But yeah, no, like okay. s- like years ago. I mean, Good like enough. five, six years ago. So right. <laughs> that's my answer, genuinely. <laughs> many, hey, many, that works. Many, that works. Long, yeah. long, long ago, far, far away. Yeah, it's well, an old tale, you know. Oh, Make up your own God. theories. <laughs> Charlie, tell go. people yes. where they can find us. All the theories. Oh, my goodness. Well, friends, thank you, as always, for joining us. We are, of course, part of the Secret Friends Unite Network. Uh, you are listening to uh, the Holocron Chronicles. We're talking Star Wars every couple of weeks. Co-op mode, that's Mark plus Todd Extra, my best buddy, talking about video games. Uh, and then Code 47, that's Star Wars, myself, and Rich and Aaron talking about Star Trek. You just did uh, it, too, every Star, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Good. Then we're, uh, we're canceled out. Uh, every Friday since 2014, the Secret Friends Unite podcast talks about geek culture in general, your guide to the geek side. That would be Todd and myself. All of our content can be found on our brand spanking new website created by Mark. Thank you, Mark. He's our guy. Uh, home to all the podcast, great original content and other fun stuff. Secret Friends Unite dot com find us over on twitter at secret friends you uh i am uh, myself personally uh the at uh the c3 at twitter and mark you are 
the underscore Canardian. I forgot that you changed that. I'm going to have to make sure that I change your uh, your Twitter handle in the show notes as you well. When I'm things through for sure. And uh, and one last thing for the website too. We're looking for uh, for for other contributors. We're we're yes. p- pumping out Absolutely. a whole bunch more uh, written content, whether it's news, reviews, op-ed pieces like the one Charlie just had uh, about comparing. St- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Star Trek, which I thought was an interesting read. Um, but uh, but if, if you have any inclination to uh, to to write something, uh, pitch us your ideas, whether it's at Twitter or or any other way to uh, to get a hold of us. Uh, like I said, the underscore Canardian, the C three Secret Friends, you um, talk to us. Pitch some ideas. Yes. We'd love to have some uh, some more contributors on the website. So uh, yeah, that's it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Charlie. Can that's okay. No, not us. at all. It's a it's a common flow. Lastly, we do have a great merchandise store over at T Public. Obviously, Secret Friends Unite shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, coffee mugs, coffee tumblers, all kinds of great merchandise. Uh, everything that you do is actually helping support uh, the network, helping support the website and our ability to bring you that great content. So please hop on there uh, and support us because we love doing what we do and we need you. So finally, I will say one more time, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you. Uh, usually I say Rex play us out, but we got, now that we're doing YouTube, we got flag last time. So I don't know if I can even use the Rex music anymore. I'm depressed. He's my galaxy's edge DJ. Um, so maybe Rex play us out. We're going to play around with some stuff. Uh, YouTube stop, stop sucking. <laughs> Bye.